Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. Ah! With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dong. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross here in a different setting because of podunk kentucky internet so i had to go to a different kentucky location i told him the mouse that they hired to run on the wheel he just got tired so there's you know no internet right now yeah probably we got a lot to talk about today how about some uh fightful housekeeping news so to speak andrew full-time thompson is now full-time joe holbert our new lead writer we've adopted a new uh podcast every week pd williams and dennis farrell uh, the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Some really great insight there. Just a lot of cool stuff going on. Harry Kettle doing MMA interviews for us. Just a lot of great stuff we're going to have for you guys. We're going to have a lot more different content as well on Fightful, and we're not dropping any of the stuff that you guys love. And Jimmy, next week, Vegas. I booked Vegas. You booked Vegas. I booked Vegas. And I know Sean is going to take advantage of me. I know he's going to do it. What is that supposed to mean? Oh, I know you're going to do it. Just because you're four foot three? Yeah, yeah. I, I know the inside reference on that. I know that, you know, if it wasn't for me, you'd be going to, like, Walgreens to get a prepackaged sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And now and now because I'm going to be in Vegas, uh, let's go to Mona Amiga B for, for, uh, for brunch. That's yeah, what's going to happen. That's, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I spoke to a AEW employee who's a good friend of mine. Uh, I gave him a heads up about something I was probably going to do for you because you've never been to Vegas before. And when I told him what I'm probably going to do, he said, I might join for that. 
which tells oh. you which tells you that it must be an entertaining thing that I might do oh for boy. you, Sean. Oh boy. <laughs> so we will see. We will see. And uh, we're going to do a nice dinner on the Friday night. I sent Sean the, the, the dress code. So uh, no, no ribbed jeans and white sneakers for that one, Sean. What? Right. Only Fightful t-shirts. Only Fightful t-shirts wear, and hats. Yeah. Am I allowed to wear my Shack attacks there? I don't even know what that means. Ah, uh, of course you don't. You know what I thought about doing, Jimmy? Before you booked Vegas. Now I can't. Because you had that giant head of me made, I was like, you know what I should do? Cut my hair and shave so it's immediately outdated. What giant head are you talking about? What is... Is that a stuffed animal? Is that... I have no cats that look like either one of those. <laughs> actually, actually, though, my grandmother has one that does look like the cat on the bottom. All well, there you go. Like what are you talking about? There you, you go. Get your cats? So All the reason the reason that Jacob is here is because Why I just want to. Why are you wanna... calling him Jacob? Why are you calling him Jacob? It's like that dumb Marie shit. Come no, on, Jacob. That is a giant replica of my head. Jimmy. So what happened was I looked up popular boys' names in Newfoundland. And Jacob was high up on the list, and so I you thought, got, well, Jacob Sapp from Dildo Newfoundland. You, you got really in the weeds on that, didn't you? <laughs> I should have gone with Kip Sapp, and I regret it. I regret it that I didn't go with Kip Sapp. Melissa's laughing. She doesn't even know why. I should have gone well, with Kip Sapp. Considering that it's not that big of a deal, I, I don't see why you just don't. Right in the... <laughs> Chose not to finish it this time. So, uh... Let's talk. Let's let's get the first topic of the day. It's kind of weird going from like a stupid thing to to a serious thing, but we're gonna do it. I want to start by talking about Silver King. Yeah. Now, Nigel and Melissa will know him probably as Ramses from Nacho Libre. Uh, Nacho Libre. Sorry, Nacho Libre. Uh, he was also in WCW. He he wrestled unmasked in WCW. People might have saw him there. Last weekend, he was on a Lucha Libre-style show, an independent show in the UK. He wrestled uh, Juventud Guerrera, who a lot of people, again, will remember from WCW. Uh, Silver King had a medical emergency in so, the ring. Somebody said, R.I.P. Stream. I blame Melissa. Woo! The streak It lagged continues. for me for like a minute, and now it's now fine it's saying, Now it's saying no data, but it's also saying stop streaming. You know what? Keep recording, and then yeah. do whatever you got to do. We'll just right. deal with it. Yeah, we'll do whatever you got to do. Uh, he'll put up a new thing, and you can send it a new link. We'll just keep going. So we he had a stream Nacho Libra, which sounds like something on New Age Number. <laughs> okay, so he suffered a medical emergency in the ring. Uh, it's been speculated that it was a heart attack. I have not heard definitively that it was a heart attack, but that's a speculation. And he died at the age of 51. There's been some criticism from certain people about the pharmaceuticals that he was known to take years ago. Yeah. Uh, su suggesting that that contributed to the issue. I'm not going to comment on that because I don't know what he did or didn't do. And uh, there's also been criticism on Juventud Guerrera and on the referee for the uh, lack of urgency that they had. They had no sense of urgency when this happened. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I will say, you know, I've seen the footage. We're not going to show it, but I've seen the footage. Juventud did, you know, clearly Silver King was struggling. And Juventud, rather than stop the match, all he did was try to turn him over so that he could cover him and pin him. Uh, so I can understand the criticism, but at the same time, Juventud grew up in the business. Who knows what he was taught? Maybe he was taught the show goes on, you finish the match. And I don't know what it's like to be in his situation and have an opponent that has a medical emergency in the ring. So I'm not going to criticize him too harshly for that. But uh, it's a sad situation. 51 years old, he was still a young man. And uh, yeah, happened on the weekend. 
Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Silver King. It, it was good to see the just the outpouring of, of support for Silver King, a guy right. who was in WCW for several years and mm-hmm. a part of that cruiserweight division, but maybe he didn't have the notoriety that a lot of other ones did because of because he never got that top top flight push. But obviously, very loved within the wrestling industry. It's tragic, and unfortunately, Mexico has seen several of these tragedies over the last few years between this. And the Paraguayo thing, and even yeah. the Swervo thing, that almost, that could have been a lot worse with the cinder block. Right. Like, there's been a lot of scary yes. situations of late. Yep, it's very true. It's, it's an unfortunate thing that happened. Uh, let's move on and talk about AEW. Boy, is this ever, like Sean Ross Sapp likes to say, there's a lot to unpack here. Oh, you know, yeah. like you like to say, Sean. So it was announced today, May 15th, officially, that AEW has partnered with Warner Media for a multi-platform launch. Uh, they're going to air, they were very specific in what they said in the press release. So they said they're going to air live weekly matches later this year on TNT. Uh, Bleacher Report Live, which is Warner's streaming platform, they will have the exclusive U.S. streaming rights for pay-per-view, including Double or Nothing, next Saturday, May 25th. Uh, they did not disclose any terms. They did not disclose what day of the week it's going to be on. They didn't disclose if it's going to be a one-hour show, if it's going to be a two-hour show. There was a lot of stuff that was left unsaid. Now, uh, Andrew Zarian, he's from uh, the Matt Men podcast, and I asked Sean before he went on the air, you know, is this a legitimate source? And Sean said, yes, he is. Uh, Andrew Zarian reported that there are no rights fees associated with this deal. TNT will cover production costs, excluding talent costs, which is something that I asked uh, Andrew. Uh, and they're going to do a rev share on the ad revenue, which means uh, after expenses, they're going to split the profits. I didn't hear what the profit split is, but they're going to split the profits. Now, if Andrew Zarian is correct, this is essentially an XFL deal, essentially. Uh, and very much like how Vince McMahon is rolling the dice on the XFL, hoping that he can use ABC and Fox to get exposure for his product that will then lead to a growing audience and will then lead to a rights fee deal down the road. Tony Khan is doing the exact same thing, where he's going to use TNT, hoping to build an audience so that he can translate that into a rights fee deal. He's going to take losses at the start of this deal, sure. especially when you've got seven-figure contracts already reported for Jericho, for uh, the Bucks, for Kenny Omega, for Cody, saying that Jim Ross has the most lucrative deal in whatever he said, commentator history or whatever. I will tell you this, when this thing first came out, when this press release came out from Warner Media and there was no money disclosed, one of the first things I thought of is this is going to be a low money deal. Because we've seen from AEW how quick they are to kind of brag about money. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when you don't see money in there, I knew it was going to be a low money deal. Uh, I want to say this though, in my opinion, and maybe you'll agree with me, maybe you won't. I think there's no better time for somebody to get in and try to take some market share from WWE because of where WWE's popularity is at. We talked about it before. I don't know where their longevity is going to be in five years, given where they're at. Who knows where they're going to be when, they're, when their current contract expires or the new contract expires, given the state of the business. Uh, I think it's a good time for AEW to give it a shot. They're not going to have a better opportunity, I don't think. And uh, I think it's important for the industry as a whole that AEW succeeds, because otherwise, again, who knows where they're going to be in five years, Sean? Yeah, and... There are a lot of naysayers about AEW, as always, and there are naysayers about this because of the chatter, which we're going to learn more about this week, I would assume, that this was going to be the biggest television deal since WCW. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with this deal. I think it's a good way to get involved because you look at things. 
Is it bigger than what Spike got impact? No, because they were getting paid money straight up. However, if production costs are covered, I don't know what that if, if production costs were covered necessarily on that impact deal, mm-hmm. especially to the degree that AEW might be getting. So uh, it's hard to to look at that. But Ring of Honor is owned by a broadcast company. WCW was owned by a broadcast company. Warrior Wrestling, I believe, is paying for their time. Paragon Pro Wrestling or whatever the hell that was paying for their time. Mm-hmm. ECW used to pay for their time. Mm-hmm. Like th- This is a rev split for an unproven entity. So I don't see all the negative that people are trying to cook up in regards to this. Uh, I don't necessarily like how this has been covered in the media. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I've been transparent. Don't know anything. I always speculated it would be TNT because mainly the one thing that led me to believe it'd be TNT, Jimmy, was one MMA. When I saw that TNT was willing to get in bed with one MMA, mm-hmm. I was like, why, why wouldn't they? I mean, AEW fits right in. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I've maintained that I always thought Tuesday night, uh, the first week that WWE is off USA, I always thought that was the optimum time for a new promotion to start. Obviously, if they're on TNT, that's not going to happen because of the N- NBA contract. Uh, and I had, I had said on social media last week, well, maybe TBS is a good fit if it means they could get that Tuesday night time slot because I just think it's so important yeah. if somebody can jump in and get some of those eyeballs that have been trained to, to show up on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's not going to happen. It's probably going to be on Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think for the I, sake of a touring which schedule. Which would you prefer? Which would you prefer? In terms of the day of the week? Oh, in terms it's of not the... going to be Thursdays either because NBA is Tuesday, Thursday on TNT. Honestly, uh, if, if, if I had a choice, I would go with TBS uh, on a Tuesday night if I had a choice because they want to do a touring schedule later on. Right. And everybody knows that weekends is typically when you want to do your touring schedule. That's when people typically have the availability. If they're going to do a Wednesday night live TV show, what are they going to do then? Are they going to like because once once you get the guys out, you want to do the touring. So does that mean they're going to do like Thursdays, Fridays or something? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they will. But uh, I, I didn't I, w- I didn't aware that, that the NBA contract was every Thursday as well. If it is, yeah, yeah. Wednesday's got to be the day. It's got to be. Yeah, because you don't want to go Monday against Raw. That would be just dumb. Fridays, Fridays is the death slot. WWE yep. doesn't want to do Fridays. Why yep. would they want to do Fridays? Yep. I think Wednesdays is the right thing. And, hey, I, I'd be happy for that because we're not going – I don't like going back-to-back. The Monday-Tuesday schedule, for me, covering wrestling is brutal. I agree. Like – so I'm interested in, in Wednesday. Hey, we'll we'll do this show. We'll take an AEW. We'll I'll do a post show. Jimmy will just hang around in the office till ten or eleven p.m. My wife would love it. I know she would love it. It worked for everybody. I want to say one thing about what you said earlier about uh, you know the biggest non WWE money deal that had been that had been uh, rumored. So that was basically what Dave Meltzer said. He said that from what he had heard at the time, this was the biggest non WWE guaranteed money deal. Uh, I think that for people to kind of shit on this deal based on something not said by AEW, but based on something a reporter said, and I understand people are going to say, well, Meltzer's in bed with AEW, and I mean the Bucks named a move after him for God's sake. You know, yeah. but still, AEW never said that, and I don't think they should be penalized for that. And I also think that people need to remember uh, Impact couldn't get a deal on a prominent network like TNT. Jeff Jarrett couldn't get any deal. Period. Billy Corgan hasn't been able to do it after four months. Uh, the cons, and obviously the cons have stroke that Impact didn't have, and Jeff Jarrett didn't have, and Billy Corgan arguably may or may not have, but they've got stroke because of the Jaguars. They were able to get this done, and I think that they deserve props for that. Uh, TNT is a prominent station, 
And like you said, they're going to pick up production costs. They're going to split the ad revenue. Uh, they are going to take it up the butt at first, especially when the, with the payroll. They are. Payroll is what it is. There's no getting around it. Uh, and I had said to you the whole time, I thought it was foolish to give out to, to dole out those contracts. It's going to be an albatross for these guys. But if they're able to get any any kind of uh, uh, exposure on this thing, if they're able to grow an audience, then that will in time grow their ad revenue, and that will in time get them rights fees, and then they're good. So yeah, I think I, I think I think it's a good deal to start out. I don't I don't have a problem with it. And again, I don't think that you should penalize them based on what Dave Meltzer said. Yeah, I agree, and that that set the bar really high, and unfortunately. It's hard to clear that bar, but I'm open to see what they're doing. They, they hired a lot of new people this week, a lot of new referees. Yep. And, Earl uh, Hebner. Yeah, that one I don't agree with. Earl. Uh, they did with, it for the name value. Which is weird because a referee is not a draw. I know, but some people are going to know him, you know, especially from the yeah, screw job. Is and... who, is, who is tuning in to say, can't wait to see Earl Hebner ref oh, that match? Nobody. Because anybody who has watched him ref consistently over the last 10 years would not say that. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but I, 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 I mean, that's obviously why they did it. And who yeah. knows? Tony Khan's a longtime fan. Maybe Tony Khan wanted Earl Hebner. Like, who knows? I, I, I can't speculate, but yeah. yeah. I want to say one other thing, and I've kind of uh, touched upon this before, and now that this deal is announced, I feel the need to kind of say it again. It's very easy to spend someone else's money. And you can ask Eric Bischoff all about me. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it is. It's easy to spend other people's money. And, you know, Cody Rose has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of uh, positive criticism, if that's proper term. The Young Bucks have gotten a lot of, you know, positive mention out of all this stuff. Um, you got to remember that at the end of the day, they met a lifelong wrestling fan with a billionaire father who he was able to convince to invest money in these guys. Now, nothing against these guys because they got it done. Anybody in their shoes would have done the same thing. But now they have this opportunity. They need to not blow it. You know yeah. what I mean? They need to make the most of this because they will not get this chance again. And, I, and like I said, I think that the industry needs this. They, this is, this they are going, just, they're going the anti-TNA route. They are not bringing in a ton of ex-WWE people. Right. They're not just signing up everybody in that regard. They have they have a share, but mm-hmm. they had always told me that their their roster was going to be a little more organic and independent and new. And I think that's the smart thing to do. I agree, and I also think that they're not going to take a WWE cast off and put them in the main event. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not like, going to do that. It was like clockwork for TNA. They're like, yeah. "Hey, Damian Sandow, I know you stopped tanning and stopped working out and didn't care yep. towards the last year of your job, but." For whatever reason that was, creative or whatever, they immediately brought him in and put titles on him. And yep, yikes! I agree. Yep. One other, Jimmy, Jimmy. Why do you look like you're about to pull somebody over without probable cause? <laughs> anyway, why? Because I've got the list. Is you that got, why? You got the sunglasses and the dark cop colored clothing and the hat that says you the look, list and your boy on it you look like you're you look like you're about to do a drug bust and uh. his house <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna confiscate her mushrooms is that what yeah. i'm gonna do bag of 42 turtles. so yeah exactly i want to i want to make one other point and this is a funny side note about this whole thing uh and this was pointed out on twitter by uh les moore who people know from what is it a sheet sandwich yeah, yeah. He said something I thought was interesting. So the press release that Warner Media sent out, 
Okay, uh, there was a quote in here. It said that AEW will offer quote less scripted soapy drama and more athleticism and real sports analytics, bringing a legitimacy to wrestling that it has not previously had. Okay, on the heels of that press release going out with that message, this announcement was not posted on Twitter by the Turner Sports account. This this was posted on Twitter by TNT's drama account. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty damn funny after they were really focused on the sports aspect of it, and Turner Sports did not put this message up on Twitter. So I wanted to mention that one. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Also, something that I read just before we came on the air. So back when the whole uh, AEW is going to be buying time on Turner, when that rumor came out, it was uh, reported by a site called The Wrap. Uh, the wrap prior to the news coming out today that, it's, that there's no rights fees involved uh, and that's going to be a rev share deal. The wrap posted on Twitter that Warner Media did not send them the press release because they were allegedly upset about them breaking that news. And then as it turned out, there's no rights fee deal. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But it is a better deal than a time buy. Don't get me wrong. It's a better deal than a time buy. Well, also, uh, no disrespect to the rap, but I believe that writer also said in an article that there was an embargoed press release with details that was supposed to go out. That did not happen. There was no embargoed press release. That's not a situation. Literally, I'm pretty sure the the only embargoed news that I've been sent in the last year was about those shirts that we advertised on the WrestleMania show. (laughs) They didn't want us to promote them before they released. There was nothing regarding an embargo. Bargo and regarding the TV deal, the only thing I could get on the record all along the way, they were very quiet about it. It was not a, a well kept secret that TNT was the people they were talking to, uh-huh. but yep. just that it wasn't a time buy. Right. And and the difference between a time buy where you're buying, you're paying the production, you're paying everything and uh, all that, and what they have is way different. It's yeah, way yeah. different. It is. I mean, it's a gamble, but it's a good opportunity. Yeah, it you, is. You know, you know who had a good opportunity on TNT, Jimmy? Eric Bischoff with WCW. I spoke to him recently about elements of production that he liked in WWE, some that he didn't. Why did Melissa just groan as if she didn't have the clip ready or something? Uh, Nigel's uh, manning the production. Well, I, I still would like to blame Melissa somehow. <laughs> Here, here's part of my interview with Eric Bischoff. You know, when I'm made executive producer... Um, one of the things that I did was want to try to even catch up to being close to the production values of WWF. But we were so far behind them in terms of our resources, our experience, our infrastructure, um, the, our, our ability to achieve that level of high production value was almost impossible until Nitro came along. And when the game changed, starting in 95, but really changed in 96, now I was in a position because we had more resources, you know, more success creates more resources. And by 1996, 97, well, 95, really, we started getting the resources we needed to be at least remotely competitive on a production value level. And I think we exceeded the WWF. If you go back and look at what WCW, you put a a WCW Nitro show in 1996, pick any week you want, any week you want, and then put that side by side on on a monitor if you can and watch the WWF product. I would say that in some respects, the WWF product still had higher production values and a more sophisticated presentation because they had more experience. They had 
you know, staff that had been doing it for a long time. They were still a little glossier than us at WCW, but I would argue that what we did in terms of production, starting off with going live, going to um, the backstage areas and allowing our stories to play out in parts of the venue that nobody else had ever done before to give it that sense of realism so that all of the confrontations didn't simply happen either in the ring or outside of the ring. All of our stories, not all of them, but many of them started now to be to unfold back in the the locker room area or back in a production truck, which had never been done before or outside of a production truck. When Kevin Nash, Juan darted Ray Mysterio into a side of the truck on live television, all of those things from a production point of view were things that had never been done before. And the WWE was forced eventually to kind of follow our lead. So I think, you know, still to this day, no one can come close to the level of production values in terms of gloss and glitz and quality, but in terms of a production value that actually moves the needle, I think we, we far surpass them and force them to kind of follow our format and our way of presenting the product. Uh, are we back? Yeah. Well, that was us discussing what the hell we're going to do with this podcast. Uh, good, good chance we film it and then post it until we get the tech issues sorted out. Uh, this is not a fightful end of things. This is either a wirecast or a YouTube type of thing. Yeah, and just so people know, we have a, we have addressed every single issue every yeah. single week. Uh, we have tried upgrading certain pieces of software. We have tried so many different things. Upgrading humans from Melissa to Nigel, like everything. <laughs> We've tried we a lot of different stuff. Sean with Jacob. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's great. Let me know how many stories he breaks. But yeah, we've tried so many things and it just continues happening. And the timeline of this, it, it coincides when we came up to this new media room. Yeah. And so that's why I think that there's something with the internet up here or something. It's got to be specifically YouTube Wirecast because we're still live on Twitter. This, is, this yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, but we never had this issue downstairs. We're, we're going to try to figure it out. I'm going to hit up a couple of my IT guys and see if we can figure it out. Otherwise, we're going to have to tape it uh, in the immediate future. Let's try to move on and get a show going here. So I want to talk about Vince McMahon. Uh, and there's a couple things about Vince McMahon I want to talk about. He is the cover boy on the latest issue of Variety. Hopefully, we have the photo. Nigel, try to put that up. <laughs> There it is. Look at that oh, photo, boy. Sean. He Look didn't use that. the hemp version? What the hell? I didn't use the what version? He didn't oh, the, use hemp, the version. hemp version? Yeah, maybe because he looks like he was on it there. But uh, so this man in that interview, and it was mostly a fluff piece, but in that interview, he was asked about WWE's ability to endure against competition. Uh, he used WCW as an example, but to me, it, it felt a little bit like foreshadowing, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he said, quote, Ted Turner opened his checkbook and spent a lot of money buying our talent. We knew they'd be okay for a while, but we knew they couldn't stand the grind. I don't know, man. I mean, he, we're, I, we're dealing with Turner again, not Ted Turner, but we're dealing with Turner again. They've opened up the checkbook. And yeah. uh, so, so it, it sounded like foreshadowing a little bit. He was also asked about the grueling schedule, as pointed out by John Oliver. And this is a very interesting quote from Vince McMahon. He said, quote, anybody who wants time off can get time off. That's easy. In addition to that, it's easy to weave a talent in and out of a storyline. If they get injured, they're not <laughs> expecting that. If they have a family matter, our characters are real people with real problems. Here's what I thought was interesting about that quote, Sean. He said, uh, it's easy to weave talent in and out of a storyline. When ratings went in the toilet... 
they abandoned the brand split and they had the same guys work both shows. But he said it's easy to weave guys in and out of storyline. Apparently not. A because couple of the wild cards this week were a guy getting beaten in one minute and a guy jumping onto a ladder and posing right. with a briefcase. Right, right. Because, yeah, they're, they're just no long-term planning at all. Now, this next thing, this is another thing about Vince McMahon, uh, and Sean and I spoke a little bit off the air about this. So Wade Keller from Pro Wrestling Torch, he did a podcast yesterday, May 14th, and there was a caller uh, who called in, a guy named Scotty, uh, claimed to be a close friend of a WWE writer, and he told Wade Keller that he and his buddy and a couple of other writers went out for drinks. Uh, and obviously, you know, once alcohol gets flowing, lips start flapping, Sean. And uh, so these writers had a lot of things to say about Miss McMahon. Uh, the biggest point, or one of the biggest points they made, was that the writing team knows that they are writing for an audience of one. They know that they're writing for Vince McMahon. They're not writing for the audience. They're writing for him. Uh, another thing that was noted was how frustrated Triple H appears to be backstage. And now Triple H has him pulling aside NXT call-ups uh, and, and taking him aside to kind of give him pep talks and stuff because obviously everybody's frustrated and the joke has become that if you're called up from NXT, you're dead in the water because they haven't gotten behind anybody that's been called up from NXT within the last six months plus. Um, they said, oh, this goes back to what I've been saying before about how WWE executives should be concerned about the future in five years. And I looked up some, some what did I call this last time, Matsky or whatever the hell I called it? I looked up some numbers. So we've talked before about how WWE's popularity is eroded. Something else that we should note is that their TV audience is aging. So not only is their popularity eroding, but the TV audience is aging. Raw this week, as an example, Sean, over the three hours, the show averaged a 0.8 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. And that's the demo that the advertisers care about. Okay, mm -hmm. So they averaged a 0.8 rating in that demo. In the 50 plus demo, they averaged a 0.94. What do you know about advertisers, Jim? I know next to nothing, nothing. about marketing and advertising. Nothing. Almost zero. But uh, that's what they averaged in the plus in the 50 plus demo. Now, if things don't change in an effort to attract a younger audience, where are they going to be in five years when their new TV deal expires? They are going to be in big trouble. If they think that there's going to be suitors lined up willing to give them whatever it is, uh, 260 million a year, oxygen or something, <laughs> that could be a primary sponsor, maybe. Yeah. But it, they're going to be in trouble. And on a side note, SmackDown this week had another all-time non-holiday low of 1.827 million viewers on USA Network. So things are not going well. Their popularity is eroding. The audience that's there is getting older. Never been a better time for AEW to oh, jump in. All that matters is minutes watched, Jimmy. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's, that's all that matters. That matters. That's, yeah. why, that's why the next time if you say our views are low... I'm just going to run six laptops nonstop and refresh our shows. That way I can get those minutes watch stuff there. That's all that matters. It's important. Yep, it's all that matters. Um, a side note on Dana Brooke, and this again was a story told by Scotty on the Wade Keller podcast. He said that Dana Brooke has been one of the hardest workers in the company. Uh, she helps put up the ring before the door is open. She works out in the ring before the door is open. On her days off, I guess she lives in Florida, so on her days off, she voluntarily goes to the Performance Center to train. Uh, she's been working really hard, and so apparently the writers now, they're rooting for her, and so they pitch ideas for her. But as you know, watching TV, for the most part, those ideas don't make it to air. 
and this is also why whenever you do see her on TV and people kind of scratch their heads going, why is Dana, Dana Brooke on TV? I'm going to say Dana White. Why is Dana Brooke on TV and why is she suddenly a baby face out of the blue? It's because the writers are rooting for her and they want to get her uh, a presence mm-hmm. on the show. So, yeah, thought that was a good uh, side note. I, I've heard I've heard much of that over the last year or so, not the last three, as they claim. But um, I go in depth on this on the Fightful Report podcast over on Fightful Select. Make sure you guys check that out uh, because I talk to people who have been and are on the writing team, and I hear very similar things. So I go through each point that was recapped in this this uh, piece, and I tell you what I've heard, what I haven't heard, what differentiates, and all that. But you know, you know what else I've heard, Jimmy? That we have an awful good deal over on shop.fightful.com. Look at that. Buy two basic or premium T-shirts. Get the third free. This isn't for tanks. It's not for hoodies. It's for T-shirts. Check it out. We have the Fightful Beach Tee. We have the traditional Fightful Tee. We have the van. <laughs> Use that code layb 21 you buy two basic or premium T-shirts, you get the third free. And hey, you know what? If you subscribe to Fightful Select, you spend six months on that second tier, we send you a shirt for free. Yeah, and this is an exclusive promo for Listen Your Boy viewers. Hot dog! Exclusively for Listen Your Boy viewers. So you put in LAYB21, and then you'll get that promo. So. And uh, let me tell you, we, we've got a new distributor. The shipping is way, way faster than our old one. Our old distributor, it used to take two, sometimes two weeks three to produce weeks. This is it, and then not including shipping. It was nuts. Yeah. There you go. You say it, Melissa. <laughs> I don't like inefficiency. There you, there you go. go. Well, yeah, this the turnaround on this one between ordering and, and getting it, it was a, literally a few days for me. And that's opposed to like three weeks from our other distributor. Hey, no, not hating on them, but man, it takes them forever. There you go. So moving on, Super Showdown, creative name. Creative name, never heard of before. Super next, Showdown 2. Super Showdown 2, yep. The, 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 the name of the next Saudi show on June 7th. They've officially announced Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, they're touting it as the first time ever, even though they're about 20 years too late. And you know what? Goldberg and Lashley had been teasing things on social media. I would have preferred that match. But at least from the name recognition, you know that the Saudis, they only know certain people. They wanted the Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna before, so they're going to get Goldberg and The Undertaker. I say, why not? Uh, They've also announced Triple H versus Randy Orton, and they're kind of touting it like it's going to be the final chapter. Yeah, I hope. In that whole thing. So they're going to be going at it. A 50-man battle royal as the way to get everybody on the damn show. Well, see, that, that's, that's funny that they did that because last time they took as few people over as they possibly could. Right. And did that tournament. Maybe they got complaints. I don't know. Uh, it's, but, it's quite possible. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people asking me, oh, it's, so it's a Royal Rumble. No, it's not a Royal Rumble. No, it's, it's not a Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. It's an over-the-top battle royal. Uh, they're still advertising Brock Lesnar, and they're still advertising Roman Reigns, who previously didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. So they probably upped his paycheck a little bit. Uh, I mean, hell, they're doubling Ty Dillinger and they're doubling Rhino to sit at home, so they can throw more money at, uh, at Roman Reigns. And so yeah. he's, he's going to. Uh, Bray Wyatt. So, uh, interesting thing about Bray Wyatt. So, first and foremost, I'm sure people have seen this. He debuted his new look on the latest uh, Firefly Funhouse. We have Bray Wyatt's new look. Put up that picture, uh, Nigel, of Bray Wyatt. Absolutely. Look at that one, Sean. 
there, I saw a few messages on social media as far as where he got the mask made and all that. He used, you know, certain reputable companies, whatever. I assume, Sean, I don't know if you've heard, but I assume that he's not going to wrestle in that. I assume. I I wouldn't know yet. I I know about as much as you do on that one. I have no okay. idea if he's going to wrestle in it or not, or if it's going to be like Al Snow with the Avatar gimmick in '95, where he'd walk out with the mask and take, and then it, take off. it on and then put it on afterwards. That's yeah. what Al Snow used to do. Or maybe he'll just go the Kane route and wear it all the time. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it looks cool. And and you know what? If WWE actually decides to get behind him now, and if they decide to actually give him decisive wins over top talent and actually invest in him, none of this win some lose some stuff. He's got a chance. They can make him uh, Seth Rollins' opponent for SummerSlam if they build him up. Now, there's been a lot of comparisons made. But between uh, Bray Wyatt's new gimmick and the Joker from Batman, right? A lot of people are seeing comparisons. That's not the comparison that I saw, Sean. All right? When I saw Bray Wyatt's new mask, the first thing that I thought of was this. Put up that other graphic, Nigel. Killer clowns from from outer space. Tell me that that the guy in the middle doesn't look like... Put up Bray Wyatt's again. Sure. Look at that! Look Any at that. demented clown ever, I guess. Yeah, it's kill, killer clowns from outer space. That was Bray Wyatt's uh, uh, inspiration, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I think it's I think it's a good way. Uh, if you're gonna let me talk about this at all, I might go show, ahead. Jimmy. Go ahead. I might let you. I, I think it's a good way to incorporate the, the several personalities. <laughs> go ahead, John. <laughs> you think it's a good way to incorporate what? Okay, I guess we're going to move on. <laughs> Are we going to move on, or do you want to say what you think it, they did? No, I'm good. Let's move on. <laughs> what? You having up, fun over there? <laughs> Jacob is just doing his thing. Okay, let's talk about Lars Sullivan. And I do want to ask Am you I thoughts. Allowed? I might let you for this one. I might let you. Yeah. I want to ask your thoughts on this one. So WWE in a press release, so he's been fined $100,000 for those things that he said on social media like five years ago, uh, and that he has to have sensitivity training. What are your thoughts? So Titus O'Neil posted that Lars went to him and he sought out other guys on the roster and he apologized to them and he's taken those steps. What are your thoughts on this whole thing, the press release, the fine, etc.? The fine is legit. I've and what I've heard was it was that or he's getting fired. Really, that was it. Those were the two options. It's that or he's getting fired. Uh, this was okay. So people knew about this in the company because it emerged last fall. It reemerged this past spring, and Lars sought out several people. And I've talked to a lot of people that said there were very adult conversations had about this and. Everybody, like, he, he explained himself, and everything seems to be okay in that regard with talent. It's hard to speak for an entire locker room, but he has been seeking out people to talk about this and make this right. Mm. Um, WWE did this for a PR move. That's why they did it. I mean, they weren't going to do anything unless Big E tweeted something about it. That, mm. that was that. When one of their wrestlers acknowledged it, that's when they felt necessary. I've reached out about where that fine is going. but wasn't told anything, but was told that the fine is real and the thing is when it emerged last fall i had a lot of people that i talked to that said really him 
mm-hmm. because he's known as a very mild-mannered, respectful guy backstage to to everybody of all genders and races right. and denominations and things like that. So it, that was a surprise. People were surprised to learn that he did that. And when was that stuff posted? Before his WWE deal. So a lot of people are like, oh, it happened during his contract. No, everything that I found, there's a very comprehensive Reddit thread with everything. None of them are are from after he signed. And a lot of people are are kind of putting that out there. So I actually had, uh, without giving up their names, a WWE Hall of Famer who reached out to me and said, an independent contractor got fined for something they did before they were under an independent contract. Right. Uh, where is the fine going? How can they do this? And this is a person who, I'll say this, is very liberal at heart. So, Yeah, you know what? So, so here's my take. So obviously WWE had to do something, especially after Big E went public. On, on social yeah. media with the stuff they had to do something and I understand that I think a hundred grand is pretty damn excessive especially for a guy new to the main roster who we know what the guys made in NXT right they made what is it anywhere from 80 grand to 150 grand it, in it NXT. really varies but he, yeah. he was homegrown so he wasn't getting like a big six-figure deal or anything so, right I mean a hundred grand is a lot of money in general but to a guy just called up from NXT that's a ton, shit ton of money uh, and so when I heard that amount, I questioned the legitimacy of it. But what they might be doing, remember when we saw that Superstar Billy Graham Legends contract statement? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically gave them money up front, and then they're knocking it off the quarterly statement. I wonder if they're basically doing that, where every paycheck they're just going to knock some off until they get to hundred grand. I could see them doing something like that. Um, My personal opinion, because he did it before WWE, I think the fine's excessive. I do think that he needed to apologize. I think that the sensitivity training thing is fine. I think the WWE going public with a press release is fine. If that fine amount is legit, I think it's pretty excessive for something that he did before he started with the company. But they're sending a message. They're sending a message. So Yeah, I I agree. Uh, That is what they're doing. Yep. And they, they probably should. They should let them know that it's not tolerable. And there's there's a lot of people in their company that have, I mean, Rhea Ripley slipped up on the air and dropped, yes. dropped a sexual slur. You had Mansoor, who has posted all kinds of stupid shit in the past. Uh, a lot of that stuff has happened, and you got to get ahead of it. And Hey, I'm sure that almost everybody has said things they're not proud of, and there's not a paper trail on bodybuilding.com of it. But... Um, yeah, I just I hope it all works out for everybody involved and um, something something positive can come of this. I agree. All right, Nigel, let's go to stupid people. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. All right, once again, I got some great ones, man. And once again, Fightful Select after this. Stupid people extended. Got three more good ones for you. Oh, Sean, some of these, man. Uh, this We're going to be on here after Vegas. Yeah! Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So this first one was reported by Worldwide Leaks on May 4th. Oh, boy. Is this this a is a one? Nope. Nope, not today. I just, I just figured Worldwide Leaks. It was yeah. like a specialty mm. site, like a fetish site or something. Yeah, because that's where I get leads from. 
That's where I go in my spare For time. For this segment? Why yeah. not? <laughs> no. So th- this is another one of those I want to be famous girls. You know, another one of these idiots that post things on social media because they want to be famous and all the Melissa, characters likes and yeah. follows. So this girl is in China. She was doing a live stream. Melissa's going to shut up so I can talk. She was doing a, a live, live stream. stream. On Worldwide Leaks. On huh? Worldwide Leaks. And on the live stream, no, it's not quite what you think. On the live stream, she was promising to eat a live octopus. Whoa. Because you remember, it is China. So on the live stream, she was promising that she was going to eat a live octopus. How do you think that worked out? Oh, it was probably... Uh, her, uh. Put up the clip, Nigel. Oh, please. Dummy! Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my Now it should be noted, it should be noted that that idiot stayed on camera, kept looking into the camera, and when she pulled the octopus off, first thing she did was show the marks up close on the camera. Oh yeah. So something tells me she was prepared for the worst on that one. For about a decade of my life, I competed for the crack and fight team out of Maysville. I sympathize with the octopus. I'm on I'm on Team Octopus here. I am also on the side of the octopus, and I wish that he had done more damage because she's an idiot. Yeah. Maybe but, we can teach the octopus a heel hook. Yeah, we should. We should try to figure something. Maybe an eye poke. He's close yeah. enough, you know. This next one, uh, this one was reported by KTVU Fox 2 out of Oakland, California on May 11. So there's a man in Oakland. He called police to report an abduction, Sean, a child abduction. All right. He said that his 2005 Mercedes-Benz had been stolen with his three-year-old daughter inside. This thing resulted in an Amber Alert. We're well aware of those in, in, uh, in Ontario, Canada. You know, they come up on your phone and everything. Police were scouring the area for this car. It was major news in Oakland, California. They spotted the car. The police, uh, there was a chase. The car crashed. They got the suspect. They took him into custody. They checked the car. No girl in the car. How did the story end? Man, see, I was going to assume that he misplaced the car and it was just parked in his driveway. Then I was going to assume that the child stole the car. And I'm like, man, that would be amazing if she let him on a police chase. For a three-year-old, yeah. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, sometimes you just want to do hood rat things with your friends. But (laughs) what happened? Uh, What happened was she was never in the car and her dad knew it. The, uh, the car was stolen. He wanted it back. He figured the best way to get the police on it is to report an abduction. You know what? And that's what he did. Did he get in trouble for it's that? It's kind of wrong. No, no, Come no, on. No, I mean, he's not wrong for, like, thinking that he would have gotten yeah. the car back. But well, it's, it's terribly immoral. It was a white-year-old <laughs> kid? Oh, yeah. It was, it was still probably a dumb thing to do. So the carjacking suspect is facing robbery charges. The father was arrested on suspicion of filing a false police report. 
suspicion of. That's what they said. That's what it said. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If he can afford a Mercedes Benz, he can afford a lawyer. It's a 2005 Mercedes Benz. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) It's going to be on contingency with that lawyer. (laughs) This last one, this is for the SRS file, man, and this was sent in by Andrew Monahan. It was posted on Twitter by a guy guy named Paul Brunton on May 10th. Mr. Brunton wrote on Twitter, all I'm going to do is read his comment and then we can roll right to the video. Paul Brunton on Twitter wrote, my tube driver casually watching porn while leaving the Tenoy system on. Go ahead and put up that video, Nigel. You can't hear anything. You can, oh, you can't hear it? It's quite quiet. I turned up. I turned it up like a. Creep. I mean, oh, I can't hear clips anyway. What? Oh, so I'm what sorry. Uh, there was porn playing over the PA system on the oh, subway train. Oh yeah, well, sure. That just enhances the experience. I was going to say another Tuesday afternoon in uh, Ewing, Kentucky. Yeah. Maybe Michael on the bus. Porn coming in 2020. <laughs> I was going to say no subway. Maybe on the bus. <laughs> And you and you and Kentucky. We, we, we've got. Uh, we're getting into the porn game. Fuckful.com coming next year. You go ahead. Do whatever you want to do, man. Hey! <laughs> you might want to tell your wife. Tell your wife. <laughs> I didn't say I was starring in it, Jimmy. I'm managing, I'm, I'm managing editor. I can't be lead hog of fuckful.com. So I want to talk about Ryback for a minute. Uh, and my opinion on this might tick some people off, but I'm just going to be honest. So Ryback posted a letter on social media in which WWE ordered him to turn over social media accounts that use their intellectual property, such as Ryback, the big guy, Feed Me More. Um, I got to say, I side with WWE on this one. It's their IP. If Ryback was enough of an idiot that all of his social media accounts were created using their IP, tough shit. Uh, and that's kind of my opinion on it because you are using their IP. Now, one thing I want to notice is that a, notice that a lot of talent now, and we've talked about this before, even though their social media handles include WWE IP because I think that's something that WWE kind of requires, right? Even though their social media handles include WWE IP, the account names now on a lot of them are different. Uh, uh, WWE told me they do not own them. They do not control them. They do not have passwords anymore. The Ryback one was sent. Because he, he had spoken and said, oh, yeah, they, they asked for that. Well, they asked for his after he got released from the company. And he actually showed me that three or four days before he posted it. Right. Just so I would know he wasn't full of shit. Right. The thing that concerned me was they wanted ownership of his website, which he was the sole owner of. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Just I mean, have him change his handle. Exactly right. Well, he, he might have to give up the domain because the domain is their IP. But not the website. He can have well, whatever I mean, the hell yeah. he wants on the website. But the domain... And, and it was obviously not that important to them because he still uses all that and didn't follow the C&D and he didn't do shit. So. Well, let me ask you this. So, for example, uh, Big E as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his exact Twitter handle, but it's something like WWE Big E or something like that. Yeah. Is Did he create that handle to your knowledge because he was told to create that handle? Or did he create that handle because he just felt like creating that handle? I'm not sure. It's it's up to them what their handle is and, is it? and all that. Yeah, and they get they keep their accounts, but WWE likes them to take WWE and WWE references out of their names and handles if at all possible. There there are some exceptions, but okay, they, because they like that 
I've noticed that a lot of the girls, like Nia Jax was an example, uh, I think Lana was an example, Alexa Bliss was an example, they were using their real names, even though they were using WWE IP in their handles, they were using real names, and when I saw that, I thought, well, they're doing that because if they're ever in a situation where they have to leave the company, maybe they got to give up the IP and the handle, but they've got their name out there, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I always thought, and then you look at a guy like Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston's real name is Kofi, legit. And so his handle just, I think it says True Kofi is his Twitter handle, meaning that there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, the only thing that I can really say to anybody inside the company is be prepared to use a different name outside of the company unless, number one, you own the rights like CM Punk did going in, or number two, you're able to cut a deal with WWE to take the rights like the Warrior did and The Rock did. I thought Enzo was very smart in establishing Real One as his, as his nickname. Right. On social media, ahead of that, I thought that was that was a very smart thing for him to do. Right. And if I were other people, I would, I would kind of prepare that as well. Yeah, absolutely, I would. That's why. That's why when I saw Ryback's letter, I thought, well, you're using their their IP, so it's yeah. hard for me to, to sympathize with them. Uh, speaking of Kofi Kingston, I want to address this. This is something that he said. He was doing an interview with a Spanish reporter named Vicente Beltran, and I know he wasn't speaking from a business perspective. I get it. He wasn't speaking from a business perspective. He did, was did asked, he look at Vicente and go, fuck Billy Graham? <laughs> no, it was actually a phone interview, so no, he oh. didn't. But he was asked about rumors of SmackDown moving to three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that on Fox's schedule, they have it slotted in as two, which doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But, uh, but he was asked about those rumors. Here's a quote from Kofi. He said, to me, the more wrestling on TV, the better, because more people will get the opportunity to be on TV. There's a lot of talent on our roster that the world should see. I get what he's saying. You know, he's looking out for the talent. But in my opinion, and I haven't seen the metrics to like, I haven't seen graphs, and I I don't know if this is true. It's just my opinion. I think the erosion of WWE's popularity started with moving to Raw to three hours. I think they became saturated when they did that, and that was the start. And obviously, Vincent Mann is the catalyst for everything, but I think the three hours was the start. I think giving uh, SmackDown an extra hour, sure, they'll get more money short-term. Long-term, I think it would be major, major damage to the brand, and not something I would definitely suggest. But, I mean, in the years since then, well, specifically since Fightful started to cover wrestling, the stock has exploded in that regard, so it's like a trade-off. I hate that it's that quality for money. And, hey, you want to talk about people not getting their chance on TV, Nikki Cross had her fourth television match this week. Uh EC3 has had three since those those call-ups. If you want those people to be on TV, they can be on TV. But the wild card rule sure as hell doesn't help. No, and and not having uh, any, you know, made men or made women at the top of the card doesn't help either. And this takes me to the upfronts. So uh, NBC Universal and Fox this week, they both had their upfront presentations. If people aren't familiar with that, this is when they pitch all the new shows for the fall season to the advertisers. That's the whole point of the upfronts is they pitch the shows to their advertisers. Uh, who represented WWE at both of them, the NBC Universal one and the Fox one? None other than talent not currently on the show. John Cena, Ronda Rousey, and the Bella Twins. I happened to post on uh, on social media this week on Twitter. I said, oh, look at that. They brought in that full-time young upstart, John Cena. And somebody tried to criticize me and said, well, the talent's in Europe. What do you expect? And my response is it wouldn't have made a difference. 
They could have yeah. had their, they could have had their roster all staying at hotels in New York, and they still would have called John Cena because they have nobody that the that the casuals know outside of Cena, Ronda Rousey. It's debatable that Roman Reigns could have been there. It's debatable that Charlotte Flair could have been there because they use them sometimes in those situations. But they would have absolutely had John Cena anyway. They would have had Ronda Rousey anyway. Uh, and it again just goes back to and you know what the big problem I have with that. Can you imagine if an advertiser, Sean, decides to invest money with Fox for SmackDown because they think that they're going to have John Cena and Ronda Rousey on the show, and yeah. then they're not. They're not. They're yeah. going to have Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Can you imagine, hmm. man? I mean, that could really piss people off. I would love off. to see Rowan at the upfront. Uh, well, he wouldn't be, but he's the guy on the show that they're buying time yeah. on, you know? So, if they had a little more confidence in Braun, I think he could pull that stuff off. Honestly. He could be great if they gave him an opportunity. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. What do you think of Kabuki Warriors? A lot of people are upset. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, well, there's this deep meaning. I'm like, no, Vince no. knows who the great Kabuki is. And then was like, the Kabuki Warriors. That's what I fully suspect. Uh, I think it's more than that. So, so Kabuki is, is, uh, is like, a, a, what is it? It's like a soap opera dance sort of thing. And, Traditionally uh, performed by males these days. There you go, and and I've I've seen some videos and stuff, and they have their faces painted kind of like Oscar's mask, mm-hmm. and so I think that Vince knew enough about Kabuki, meaning like, you know, enough about Kabuki that he probably looked at Oscar's thinking, Kabuki Warriors. There you go. And well, you know what? Let's not let him name teams anymore. And you know what's interesting about it too is back in the 80s and 90s, he was so protective of names that when the Road Warriors came in, they had to, they had to be the Legion of Doom because they had the Ultimate Warrior, right? When Kerry yeah. Von Erich came in, he was the modern-day warrior. Uh-uh. He was the Texas Tornado. That's because yeah. they, al- they already had the Ultimate Warrior. Now you've got Kabuki Warriors and Viking Warriors, and who knows how many other Warriors are going to show up in WWE. What a shift over the last 15, 20 years. Don't you think? Yeah, it is. It it's very, is. very interesting. I mean, there's not, not really more I can add to it. Uh, you saw the Bret Hart Tom McGee doc? I did. I've got a full review up on Fightful Select. How was it? I haven't seen it. I love the documentary. It was really good. Um, see, there were a lot of people that, that when I was talking about this, that insinuated that WWE didn't have a motive in releasing it before StarCast. I don't know, but I think for better or for worse, whether it was to help Tom McGee mm. or for some other motive in relation to StarCast, I don't think it's an accident that they got a hold of this and then released a documentary within a month. Completely they don't in- necessarily do that. Completely intentional. Yes, and and one of their documentary, uh, Giancarlo reached out and said, oh, well, by the time StarCast had made their announcement i've been working on it for two weeks and i'm like yeah but also from what i heard wdb getting that tape was directly contingent to the ability for it to be able to be shown at starcast and that yeah. panel so that, true. That's, that's something that that i heard was and and i don't want to speak for the woman but from the starcast side of things somebody said yeah she turned it over with the intent of it being aired at starcast and wdb agreed and there you go. But I thought the documentary was real good. And Tom McGee, a very nice guy. And I'll have a little more info on that. But WWE nor StarCast were the first ones that tried to get him on board with that. And let me tell you, he's getting paid, Jimmy. 
Well, good for him. You know, good for him. They absolutely did it intentionally to get it out before StarCast. And, and, and it continues to kind of baffle me why they're so hot and bothered about this thing. To me, StarCast has gotten so much free press because of all the online stories about it. WWE's tried to cut them off at the knees. That there's almost a, a good trade-off. Yeah, they lost Taker. They lost Kurt Angle. They've gotten so much free press over this that yeah. uh, I don't know why they're so hot and bothered. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you reported this week on Luke Harper. He's losing a battle with uh, Vince McMahon. He has been for a while. What is that you heard? Basically, somebody had told me that Vince McMahon made up his mind on Luke Harper a long time ago to, to dislike whatever he was a part of, or at least that was the attitude that they had gotten. Also, there was uh, an issue with Luke Harper and Braun Strowman in the WrestleMania Battle Royal. Uh, Braun kicked Luke pretty hard, and Luke wasn't too happy about how Ali was thrown out and uh, some some discontent there. It's too bad, man, but they won't release him, and they just tack time onto his contract. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Killer uh, Cross is another one. Now, uh, this is another one where I kind of look at Killer Cross and say tough shit, and, uh, and a lot of people don't like, because, you know, Sasha Banks is such a polarizing character. I kind of have the same feeling on her, where I kind of say tough shit. If, if you don't want to work, then sit at home. I kind of feel the same about Killer Cross, so we signed a multi-year deal with Impact last year, and now PW Insider reports that he asked for a raise. Uh, he was denied. I mean, he just signed a new deal last year, but he asked for a raise, he was denied, and uh, then he asked for his release, and he was also denied. Uh, tough shit. I mean, what else can I say? You signed the deal. Sasha Banks signed the deal. You kind of you have to own up to it now. Yeah, considering his placement on the card now, I sympathize with him because he goes above and beyond and, and all that. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know why anybody would sign a multi-year deal with Impact. Well, and they Mack are did too, right? That, yeah, they are insistent on multi-year deals because Jeff Cobb told me the reason he signed with ROH is because Impact would not let up on a multi-year deal. Good, smart thinking, right? Especially yeah. when you know that they're kind of a bottom feeder now. With all due respect to Impact Wrestling, they're kind of a bottom feeder now. Why would you commit several years of your career in your prime years when you don't even know where you're going to be in six months? I, I look at Impact and I look at MLW, and one of them is going to be the victim of AEW. One of them is going to be a victim of AEW really badly, and I don't think it's going to be MLW. No, I, I MLW, think... MLW puts on, I mean, I'm not saying that Impact doesn't put on a good show. They do yep. often, but man, I, I look at things and I'm like, they're, they're always going to have those, quite frankly, rabid and sometimes unreasonable fans who will defend anything they do. Right. But man, MLW is, they're, they're doing live events. Yep. They're doing, uh, they, they're on TV. They're, they're putting their show online so everybody can see it too. Now, Impact does that with Twitch as well, but... Mm. Oh, man. I, I MLW is getting rights fees. I mean, they're not getting a lot, but they're getting rights fees from being sports. Yeah. So that, that in itself is better than Impact can say. So that's, yeah. all I got, that's all I got for you this week, man. Seth Rollins, no, you did not break the internet. With all due respect, you did not break the internet. He broke my but, internet. Yeah. My internet's not working. That's why Sean's so. at his grandmother's house right now. Yes, that's his internet's not working, yeah. But that's all I got for you. So we're going to try to figure out these issues. I'm going to call yeah. a couple of my IT guys, try to figure out what's going on. But don't we're, think don't think that we're a bunch of plugs that don't know what we're doing. We're, we've been trying all these fixes and all these remedies, yeah. and we're going to keep working on it. At the very worst, guys, we will stream live on Twitter. Uh, that's something Melissa has been, I see, putting out there on, on Twitter is that we, we are live there. The connection is stable there. Sorry about the tech issues. I hate that. I was telling them I don't want that to become a recurring theme. I don't want it to become our thing is that we right. have tech issues. Uh, we are working on it. 
next week maybe we'll we'll film it that way we don't get everybody's hopes up but um yeah we, we're, we're looking at things i know jimmy's going above and beyond to get that done but uh make sure you guys follow fightful check out shop.fightful.com uh, fightfulselect.com i got a lot of good stuff up there i'm going to start doing reviews of wrestling documentaries and lots of stuff like that uh, make sure you guys follow andrew and jeremy they are a couple of my full-time wrestling guys now Joe Holbert, now our lead MMA writer. Go follow him. We got a lot of neat, new, different content coming to Fightful. We're stepping up a lot of stuff. Jimmy, I'll be talking to you next week. You'll be talking to me next week. Before I go to Vegas. Yeah, you'll be talking to me. Then you'll be seeing me in Vegas. It's going to be a weekend you'll probably never forget. Oh, boy. And uh, cut to the the widescreen. Sure. Because the only other thing I can say to follow up is going to be the weekend you'll never forget is let Jacob take over. Until next time, we are out. <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.